Uh, welcome to Homo Superior. Uh, this episode is going to be a little bit different as we wanted to give a special tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who, as we're sure you're aware, passed away last Friday from complications resulting from a four-year battle with colon cancer. Um, here today, I'm Brent Wingate. I'm Kalen Batia. I'm Ryan Kroll. And we have friend of the podcast, Aaron Polkay, who recorded with us on our extra issue where we reviewed Black Panther. Aaron, um, welcome back, and I'm sorry it's under such sad circumstances. Uh, it's a stunning reason to be back, but um, I'm happy to be with you all to talk about uh, this tragedy. So I figured we'd give a brief history of Bozeman's life and then talk a little bit about his passing and uh, legacy. Um, Chadwick was born in South Carolina and he graduated from Howard University with a degree in directing. And over the years, he had many small acting parts on TV while writing and directing plays, finally landing his first lead role as Jackie Robinson in the 2013 film 42. Um, as part of a five picture deal, Bozeman became an international household name by joining the MCU as T'Challa, AKA Black Panther. And he first appeared in 2016 in Captain America Civil War. And then in the, uh, he was featured in the eponymous 2018 film Black Panther and starred in Avengers Infinity War the same year and Endgame the following year. So obviously there's a lot of speculation about how Disney will decide to continue the franchise given that Black Panther 2 wasn't completed. But as of yet, there are no formal announcements um, and we're not gonna speculate here about that now. Um, so Chadwick died at the very young age of 43 at the top of his career. And as, as far as celebrity deaths go, I think that can feel like such a loss because there's so much potential work we won't get to see. But I also think that his death had hit particularly hard for a lot of people because he wasn't just uh, an incredible actor, but he was really a true philanthropist, uh, humanitarian in person. So I think it's, it's illustrative, you know, when a beloved celebrity dies to kind of think about what our gut reaction was. And to start, I'm curious where you were uh, when you heard he passed away and what was your um, initial reaction to it? Uh, Aaron? Um, I think the news came in kind of at night, maybe around 10 o'clock at night was when um, I remember seeing um, the alerts come in on my phone. And uh, I think my first reaction was, you know, it, it, it seems kind of trite to say so, but this was just the latest case of a, of a good man, a good person dying too young. I think that was the first place that I went. I think it's just um, such a frequent occurrence um, and, and, you know, for celebrities, for politicians, but even in my personal life, um, I, I'm, I'm always heartbroken because it seems as if the people who I, I uh, was most impressed by or, or the people who had the, the greatest hearts or the greatest souls or we could read that there was a decency in them um, all too often uh, die, die quite young. Um, and I turned 40 myself um, at the beginning of August. So for him to have died of colon cancer um, at the beginning of his 40s um, was probably where my second uh, set of thoughts went. Um, I am also um, an African-American from South Carolina. Uh, Chadwick is from the upstate and I'm from the low country. 
And um, we, um, as a community, have uh, disproportionate rates of colon cancer um, for all sorts of different reasons speculated. So I began to think about a young man dying young and the way that he died. Then the next place I went to was starting to think about who he played. And obviously, we know him best for Black Panther, but the other uh, top roles that he had of, you know, Thurgood Marshall and of uh, Jackie Robinson and even um, of Ernie Davis, the first uh, African-American who uh, was honored with the Heisman Trophy, uh, he just uh, played our best, uh, fictionally and in nonfiction. Um, the people who uh, uh, broke new ground for us and allowed African-Americans to uh, venture into spaces that we were not allowed. So, and he did such a good job. Even James Brown, that's another role. Um, he did such a great job of, 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 of doing characters, heroic characters. So then I started to think of all of the roles that he played and how much I loved not only the, the men in nonfiction that he uh, portrayed, um, but I also um, loved his portrayal of them. So it was just a really um, very comprehensive loss, and it kind of hits all of the buttons um, of pain um, that one could uh, feel for someone who they've never met. Yeah, I was um, with um, Ryan Crow and a few friends, and when the news came out, it was, it was, of course, very shocking. And I think the way in which it was shocking was that we just, the, 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 you know, in an age where there are so many people trying to snoop, trying to dig into people's lives, that someone could hide this four-year-long fight with a terrible disease um, and still produce um, incredible movies, um, still um, meet with fans, and then all of a sudden, you, you don't get the time to kind of recognize their, their you know, mortality. I think it, it was very, very shocking to see. And for someone like Chadwick Boseman, you know, I think in particular, it, it makes me think of people like Gal Gadot, for example, that part of the job that I think a lot of major studios are trying to execute now when they cast is not just picking people who can be really great actors, but picking people who kind of embody that role in and out of the studio. And so, you know, Hollywood is kind of littered with people who are very talented, but also monstrous douchebags. And to lose one of these, you know, really erudite, um, you know, charming, um, talented people just it, it feels like such a loss Kaylin? yeah i um i think i found out right around the same time as everybody else did and um aaron actually it was your husband jason that texted a bunch of us and i, I didn't believe it i was like this is this this isn't real this is some nonsense rumor thing i was like or it's another chadwick boseman you know it's somebody else uh, I was utterly floored. I was, um, it was like the wind was taken out of me because uh, everything you said, everything Brent said, um, you know, just an amazingly talented guy. And then, you know, I immediately went to the internet to, you know, read more about it. I went on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you know, his passing was trending and you just saw an outpouring of just grief and love and, you know, you, stories of him, um, you know, uh, 
kind of like talking uh, uh, about um, how these kids were looking forward to Black Panther coming out, but they had cancer themselves and, you know, they passed away before the movie came out and him just getting choked up about it. And it's just like, God, the guy was, not only was he a good actor, he was a good man. And it's just, you know, 2020 has just been a shitty, shitty year um, in a lot of ways. And it's just like, this isn't fair. It just isn't. Um, so, um, Brian? Yeah, I was I was with Brian and I think both of us together were just in complete and utter shock. I I kept ch- like you, Kaylin, I just kept checking the internet over and over again because it it like he seems we didn't hear anything where health issues were an issue at all. So it did just seem like it wasn't real. And I'll be honest, I drank a little bit too much that night because I just was like, oh, this uh, this absolutely sucks. And then I kept checking in the morning when I woke up to see if, if like this was just all a dream or something, but it, it was all true. And I just, I did this crazy deep dive into all these videos where he was either talking about Black Panther or just talking about his acting or just talking about himself in general and his views on the world. And it, it's it's mind boggling and it just had me in tears for days upon days and I'm still I'm still a little bit at a loss for words for it because I uh, it just doesn't feel realistic yet honestly because it I think he did impact so many people in so many so many different ways it's it's uh, it's hard to come up with words when I think about it yeah Aaron. You know, uh, Ryan, you were talking about the deep dive, but it was really nice, though, to come across uh, his uh, Saturday Night Live uh, work. Uh, In particular, I guess uh, YouTube knew I needed it, but they put up the Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, Oh, yeah. And that really, that was just such a great, great performance. And he just did such a good job at uh, capturing... uh, you know, I think it was actually what Black Jeopardy, right? It was Black Jeopardy, yeah. Yeah, Black, yeah, Black Jeopardy, not Celebrity Jeopardy, that's an older yeah. uh, one. But I was happy to see that. That that actually cheered me up. Um, and I hope that if y'all hadn't had a chance to take a look at that again, you should you should track it down because it really uh, brought me a lot of comfort. Yeah, um, I have a question, Aaron. Um, so I'm going to admit to some stupidity because when Chadwick Boseman was announced to play Black Panther. I did a very minimal amount of research into him. And I saw he studied uh, acting in London. So I always thought he was British. (laughs) I didn't know that he was from South (laughs) Carolina. Was he like a known entity for South Carolinians? Or did you know about him before... Uh, 42 or my first exposure to him was um, James Brown for me so I didn't you know I've been living in South Carolina for the last 10 years or so he's um, he graduated high school three years before I did Um, and so I didn't know him and then he went to Howard so he was always three years ahead of me so he would have been coming out of Howard when I was coming out of Georgetown so I really um, first first saw him and, and really recognized him um, when he portrayed James Brown. But it's funny that you brought up uh, the possibility that he might be British because um, I was unaware, you all might have been aware of this, but I was under, unaware of um, until he died. I just heard a couple of days ago um, the story about how he insisted that 
um, the accent that he used in Black Panther was yeah. a was an African English accent, not a British influenced um, African English accent. If, if there's a, a better way of saying that, I'm sorry. And I was just so moved by that because it's consistent, right? Um, you hear uh, a number of stories of, of the things that he stood up for, right? Um, the, uh, the people that he stood up for, and then the characters that he portrayed and he's most famous for historically are characters who, um, and I think it's fascinating when you think about the one thread between Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall, and Black and uh, King uh, T'Challa is the fact that these were men who um, probably caught a lot of flack for uh, the process that they went through to get to the point of achievement. But there was always a, a, a grounding in the community that that panned itself out in the end, right? Um, and so I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, and I, it makes me wonder, I don't know if there'll be books written about this, but it makes me wonder, um, what was it about his character selection that made uh, essentially, and I don't know Ernie Davis, but definitely Jackie Robinson, James Brown, and Thurgood, they're, they're very similar, um, not only in how they were trailblazers, but how they got there. Um, how, um, and... Uh, uh, in Black Panther, his character obviously had a hereditary benefit, but then, you know, was, was given um, a power that or, or, or a skill that played off some inherent decency, right? Um, and that's another story that you hear um, that's a thread when you hear about the youth of uh, James Brown and, and Thurgood Marshall in particular, that, you know, throughout their life, they were noticed for being special and being different. Um, and then there was a period of time in which they had to navigate the white world to be able to get to the point in which they could truly be of service to the community. And there was that time when they were catching a lot of flack for that. And that makes me think of, um, uh, you know, the point of time when uh, in Black Panther, when there's all the complaints about the fact that Wakanda wasn't using its resources to um, assist the black diaspora. Um, and you could have made the same accusation against Thurgood Marshall. You could have made the same accusation against James Brown. And you certainly could have made the same accusation against uh, Jackie Robinson, who was uh, leveled that accusation much more thoroughly. Um, but then upon their death, you find these stories about all the little things that they did um, to help the community and help the individuals. Um, and so that's all sort of being propelled by the fact that even something as minor and uh, to us as an accent, for um, a movie that was marketed and designed for black consumers who are Americans, but for him, despite the fact that he was an American, for him to insist upon that distinction, um, it's just another thing that um, makes me feel so good about him um, and so sad that he's gone, but he's being remembered um, with such goodness and decency that that might be the best epitaph that one could ever hope for. Um, I read um uh, a little like anecdote when you know uh chadwick boseman as t'challa is first introduced in captain america civil war as you mentioned brent and this first scene is like he's having a conversation with his father uh, t'chaka and it's you know right before t'chaka is killed and the language uh that they're speaking is actually the south african language it's uh i'm gonna mispronounce it but it's called i think it's called kausa uh and it's, it's spelled X-H-O-S-A, 
Um, but I, I love that. I love that little moment of like, that anecdote of like, you took a real African language, um, and especially in a country like South Africa that, you know, suffered under apartheid for so, so long, um, and is still, you know, feeling the ramifications of it. And it's reclaimed as this preeminent, um, the languages of, of this preeminent uh, black kingdom in Africa, the most technologically advanced country in the world, in the Marvel universe. And I just loved the, um, that, uh, you know, Kevin Feige and the directors and the writers and the actors all decided that they were going to add this, um, um, you know, this, this sort of uh, real language and this like semblance into something that really happened and made it like the, you know, the symbol of Wakanda. I thought it was just a really nice, nice element to it. Yeah, I think the, and I, I could have uh, read a mistaken um, story about that, but it's in fact a little bit better than that because um, it wasn't established at that point that the language was going to be the language of Wakanda. And it was the day of shooting that um, Chadwick was talking with um, his, uh, with the actor who played T'Chaka, John Connie, who is um, South African uh, about it. And uh, for that scene that day, Chadwick Boseman learned the language uh, because he was not going to be speaking it. And then that yeah. kind of forced the hand to make the rest of Wakanda, the, the rest of the production centered around that, uh, that, ling uh, that uh, language. Yeah, you're completely right, actually, yeah. Um, I, I mean, Aaron, to go back to what you were saying, I think that there's part of it that, you know, there is still typecasting that goes on um, and there's still part of like picking actors who embody that, the characteristics you want. But there is something special I think about Chadwick Boseman because I was reading a story about how, you know, some of his earliest acting roles were on the soap opera, All My Children. And he was playing some character and he says he was uh, fired from the show because he was voicing concerns about how the African-American characters were being written on the show. And then he was replaced uh, and recast by, can anyone guess who? Yeah, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Which is incredible. Um, <laughs> but I think that kind of defiance, that, that awareness and conscientiousness definitely helped guide him toward getting these roles where he is this as close as you can, if he's not playing a superhero, he's as close as you can be to superheroic. Um, speaking of all this, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about um, his role, particularly in Black Panther, which, you know, for most people was their first introduction to him as an actor. You know, for us as people who love comics, it was, it was particularly exciting to see Black Panther being put on screen. Um, what are your favorite moments of his? Do you have any thoughts on that, on that role and its legacy? Any, any thoughts about him with respect to Black Panther in particular, uh, Ryan? Uh, so he was actually interviewed, uh, introduced in Civil War when it came out um, as a, what probably most people thought were going, was going to be a smaller role, but I think he made such a splash on, on that film that, he really blew up and like people were really in tune. Uh, one thing that I took away from, it was like one of his last conversations with his dad right before it like 
blew up, but like, I think it applies to both Chadwick and him. He, he just, the last thing he said to him says, you are a good man with a good heart and it's hard to be a good man to be king. And like he, it kind of fits so perfectly to who he is and him becoming that role and just a lot of different things that I, I just love that part. Yeah, Kaylin? Um, I think it's no secret that Black Panther is my favorite Marvel character. I've definitely mentioned it uh, on our podcast many times. Specifically because of, um, uh, he's known as Priest now, but was known as Christopher Priest back then, his run in the late 90s and early 2000s of uh, not only writing Black Panther as a hero, but writing him as a monarch, uh, a monarch of a sovereign nation. And I love the, um, you know, the way that he like uh, was able to navigate the sort of the real politics of the Marvel universe. So seeing Black Panther on screen, I like reverted back to a teenager, you know, when I was first reading Black Panther comics and just loved it so much. But I think my favorite, 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 favorite moment was probably in Endgame. Um, and it's, you knew this was coming, you knew it was coming. But when it happened, I still turned into like a kid again and I was jumping out of my seat. It's when, it's after the, the snap when, you know, everybody comes back to life who was, uh, you know, they were wiped out um, in the decimation event. Um, that, you know, you hear Falcon go, you know, say to Cap, you know, uh, like on your right. And then the first people that come through are, are T'Challa. Oh, on your left. Okay, I need to rewatch it. On your the left, Kaylin. <laughs> on your left. All right, fine, fine, fine. I need to rewatch it. But you see T'Challa, you see Nakia, you see Okoye come through and it's just their silhouettes. And like the entire theater um, just erupted. I mean, like, I didn't think, like, movie-going experiences could be like that anymore. And just seeing that, and it's just the symbolism of them coming back, because it's, it's the mirror image of when we all saw Infinity War together, and you saw, you know, uh, when, when Thanos does the snap, like, all the heroes start, like, you know, vanishing away, fading away, and you, when you see first Okoye, uh, you know, first you see Okoye seeing T'Challa disappear, and then she disappears, and we heard in the audience, oh, hell no, uh, by a woman who was sitting near us. No, it's like, she said, oh, fuck no. <laughs> All right, apparently I'm getting every detail wrong. Thanks, Brent, for fact Well, you're also me. taking my favorite moment. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, well, fuck, I'm sorry. But it's this okay. is the mirror image. It's the mirror image of, uh, of, of that, like just seeing the exciting, of just seeing them come back on screen and just being so excited to have them and then I'm getting sad again, thinking that, you know, we're not going to get to see the next part of his story. So anyways. Yeah, I, I wanted to add, because I think, you know, there, there are a couple of big moments at the end of Endgame, and it was great to see the level of excitement people had for, you know, Captain America being worthy, but then that being equally met by seeing uh, T'Challa, I think, was was... It, be, it does become almost like a real theater experience rather than just like a movie theater. Yeah. I think that, you know, when I, when I, uh, I actually watched Black Panther again today, um, just to, just to prepare and see what, just see, re refresh my memory. Um, and, you know, the thing that struck me watching it is just all the little, there's, there's so many little sentences that are just packed in there that are commentary on um, like current conditions really, right? 
I think the one that I uh, jumped out at me today was um, the little line about, you know, um, refugees, right? Um, there, there was an aversion uh, communicated and um, about, you know, the harm of, of, of allowing refugees. And, um, and then obviously there's the great line um, toward the end or maybe even in the middle where, uh, you know, um, watch your hands colonizer or something when the guy's going through the lab, um, which I think is, is a hilarious line that, you would have been able to see in the movie, um, in any movie many years ago. So there's just such a, and then, you know, just the way that nations interact and what our responsibilities are as a global community and things like that just really jump out at me. But what I really appreciated watching it again today was something that actually was in the first few lines when they communicated the three powers that, um, you know, the three superhuman powers that are granted in the witness, it's strength, speed, and instinct. And, you know, strength and speed are so typical, but I'm, I've been thinking about what instinct means in that context, right? Um, that the power of the superhuman power of instinct. And I'm still going to have to think about that for a little while, but I think that is also um, is a credit to Chadwick because his capacity to, um, even with the story that you just told about the language, right? His capacity to so quickly adopt um, the essence of super complicated characters, but do it in such a cool and such a non-bombastic and such an accessible way, I think probably was his greatest strength as an actor. I mean, he just had um, such an instinctual capacity to, to ease into these roles um, where, where um, you know, you end up, uh, forgetting, at least for the folks that he portrayed in, in uh, nonfiction, you for, almost forget how the, the real person looks, and he adopts uh, the, the persona of that. And I think that's probably going to be the biggest question um, that we'll face over the next few years of how can, how can we ever um, think, not think of him um, when we think of, of T'Challa, right? And um, so... I had to actually pause and spend some time on, on those three powers of strength, speed, and instinct, thinking about that um, and what that really means. Um, to add to what you were, because I, I do like the, the instinct something uh, triggered my actual favorite film moment. And it's probably a combination of two scenes, which is where he um, goes back to the kind of spirit realm and, you know, he's kind of, he's supposed to represent part of the lineage of ancestry. And I think in a lot of stories, ancestors are presumed to have always done everything right. And you always must listen to everything that they've done. And in this scene, he confronts his ancestors about how they treated other members of their tribe, in particular, Umbaku and... Um, his people, and then that in combination with him actually going to M'Baku and kind of trying to reforce ties because there's an alternate universe where they easily could have reshaped M'Baku's character to be gets worse, but instead you see uh, some kind of reconciliation. I. I just have a recommendation. Kaylin, did you have any thought? 
I just have one recommendation during this time. If you're not ready to watch Black Panther, don't watch it because I started it a couple different times and it it was very sad. <laughs> I I got really emotional, so it was very tough to do. Yeah, I've I've purposely avoided rewatching Civil War, uh, Black Panther, um, uh, Infinity War, and Endgame, which is why I'm getting some of the the facts wrong, including the story of when we uh, we watched Endgame, uh, Infinity War together. So, um, but I I really um, I think this is uh, I don't know I'm trying to I'm trying not to get choked up just talking about about this, uh, and I can tell the rest of y'all are doing the same thing. So. Um, I'm just gonna say, you know, Aaron, thank you for joining us again today. I wish it was under happier circumstances, but we'll have to have you on again because um, you're definitely a friend of the podcast. And we at Homo Superior, we offer our condolences to Chadwick Boseman's friends, his colleagues, most importantly, his family. And, um, you know, uh, stay safe. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>